For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Vikings with Mac and Baker. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here with Brian McKinney, who played left tackle for the Vikings, Sally from Minneapolis, and Ron from Eden Prairie. We're doing the thing tonight. We had five intense days of flirtation with Jim Harbaugh from the Michigan Wolverines, a 10-hour interview, and he will not become the Vikings' next head coach. It appears that will be Kevin O'Connell, a young offensive-minded coach who is the offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. He is on tap for the gig that should be named after the Super Bowl. We're going to go through all of that because it was a crazy five days, um, almost akin to Favre Watch of 2009, the type of vibes that sprung up or were dusted up from this Harbaugh mania. First, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. There might be less football being played, but BetOnline has way more stuff to bet on during the playoff season. From scores, uh, score totals, player performance props to the next head coach to get fired or hired, BetOnline is number one spot for all things betting in 2022. And with the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code BLEAV believe, to get started. And it's not just football. BetOnline has basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC odds, and then they even have a, a Vegas casino that you can play. Uh, BetOnline is the number one source for all of your online wagering destination items. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager in all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. So I'm going to start off tonight with the group. We had impeccable timing again. The the five-day-long five flirtation with Jim Harbaugh is over, climactically, in a, in a weird way. And the Vikings presumably have a new head coach that will be named after the Super Bowl named Kevin O'Connell. And I want to start off by pointing this out to the group that when the Zimmer era started to get particularly rotten and it was apparent that he wouldn't lead the team in the future, the thrill and the pizzazz was this team needed a young offensive-minded head coach like a Sean McVay, Zach Taylor, or Kyle Shanahan. And that happened tonight, and people uh, aren't very happy about it now because the news was, I guess, thwarted by disappointment about John Harbaugh not joining, or excuse me, Jim Harbaugh joining the Vikings. So, uh, Sally, I know that you had tweeted that you don't really get into will he or won't he on coaches. You'd rather just see who it is and go forth. But now we yes. kind of we kind of have a probably will be with Kevin O'Connell. So where do you land after the Harbaugh watch is put? Well. <clears throat> To clarify the tweet more so what I mean is I don't like to spend a ton of energy getting too high or too low on anyone before I even know if they're 
pos a possibility or going to happen, right? To me, it's just like a lot of unnecessary stress. Um, I wasn't excited about the Harbaugh news at first that he was interviewing and all of that, um, but I did end up coming around, um, listening to a couple shows and stuff, I realized, you know, maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing. And I think what you're referencing right now on Twitter of people losing their minds about the hire, I think by tomorrow morning, they'll love it <laughs> in true Vikings Twitter fashion. Um, it's still very fresh for me. I was, um, in the middle of something when this all got announced. So I've had a little less time to digest it. Um, you are completely right that we did want to go younger. I think the concerns are right now, um, just, you know, that he doesn't call the plays for me right now. Um, I know he has called the plays in the past for Washington, but that wasn't a very good team. Again, he didn't have a lot of talent. Um, I, I don't, what was this quarterbacks Keenum, uh, he had three, they weren't great. So I don't know. I'm still digesting it. Um, and what is he? 36. Yeah, the youngest coach in the NFL. Yeah, so we'll see. So we got our young end. Brian, you went up against and beat John Harbaugh, or Jim Harbaugh, dang it, uh, his Ravens in the Super Bowl. And I think the working theory is that he's an intense, habitual winner of football games, but he's a little quirky or a little crazy. Do you know anything about Jim Harbaugh? I mean, I could see that. Um, I feel like his brother John is probably a little more calmer, but looking at them, he looks like a little more energetic and uh Hyper, uh, but he does know how to win games. Um, I've seen him do it on the college and professional level. Um, but that's pretty much all I know about him just being John's brother for the most part. Yeah, his his brother, your head coach from the Bravens era, stumped for him today when we really thought it was going to happen and said they'd be getting a hell of a coach if they offer him a job. And at that point, like 10 a.m. in the morning, it was like, of course, they're going to offer him the job. What are you, nuts? And here we are uh, this evening, and they evidently, still developing, evidently did not. And No, it's mixed sources on that, though. Yeah. Chad Graff, Chad Graff said that Harbaugh decided not to, and Courtney Cronin said that the Vikings decided not to, so it's really up in the air right now. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Well, that one will continue. But what we do know tentatively is that they they told the other candidates, Raheem Morris and um, Patrick Graham, no, no, thanks. We're gonna stick with. O we're gonna go with O'Connell. And so, Ron, uh, you, you've been kind of getting more acclimated. You wanted Joe Brady for a while. You wanted to do the young offensive thing, and now we get to. Uh, I'm sure you talked yourself into Harbaugh over the weekend. Tell me your emotions. So, I mean, I guess, yes, in a way I did talk myself into Harbaugh in the sense that I would be okay with it because I do think he does bring a winning culture um, and he is, you know, an offensive guy. Um, so that part I did like, I was never hundred percent sold on him being the Vikings coach because there were too many things that, you know, like what, what if things were to get bad after a year or two, does he want to bolt? I mean, he's not going to go back to Michigan. He's not going to come crawling back, but is he then going to go back to college? So I, I just don't know. And I'm not saying that he's a short-term coach. I just wasn't sure if he was the right guy long-term with, uh, you know, the GM we have in place. Well, I know their connection obviously um, goes back to San Fran. So um, it did take a lot of, you know, mental mining in my mind uh, to, to try to, be on board with it because I think it would have been a success um, had it worked out. Um, but I'm just not a big G Jim Harbaugh guy. I'm a big John Harbaugh guy, but not, not a big Jim guy. So, um, and it, maybe it's just the, uh, 
the facial expressions, the it's, he seems very close to Zimmer in the sense that, you know, he's this hard nosed type guy. Um, can he adapt and change? And that was my biggest critique on Zimmer is I want to coach that can adapt and change his, his philosophy and his mindset into what we're dealing with now. So um, that I'm, so I'm, fine with him leaving without a job. Um, I know there is the, the homers around here. Like, and yes, I'm a homer, but the, the full all sport homer saying, Oh, there, he's going to help the Gophers out too, by, uh, by coming here and being away from Michigan. So, um, whatever, I'm not going to go that far, but, uh, as far as the O'Connell, um, the news with that, um, yes, the going youthful and, you know, again, it has nothing to do, to do with age or whatever. It's just getting someone who is, closer to the players as far as understanding the way the game's played now versus how it was in the nineties, let's say. Um, now, admittedly, I'm not as high on O'Connell as a lot of people are, but it's not because I've done a lot of research and I fit, I can poke holes in it. So, um, but I just, he's McVeigh's secondhand man. And I look at it like this, I have the same kind of feeling as bad as it sounds when we hired Childress, like he was Andy Reed's right-hand man. He didn't do anything. Andy Reed did it all. Like, what does he get credit for? And then we saw Childress come in and how well that worked out. Like I said it right away, like fire him, promote Tomlin and call it a day. And, uh, you know, in hindsight, 2020, who knows, there'd be a lot different, but I'm just not a big fan of, um, like, I guess what he's, his track record, that's not to say he can't succeed going forward, but, uh, um, I know he comes from a lot of brilliant minds, um, you know, back in the Washington tree and he's paid his dues. Um, so he's, it's not like he's just new young guy. We're going to hire him. He's obviously has well-respected. So we'll see, hopefully it plays out. I hope I'm wrong. I'm just, it's got pure gut feeling, um, that I would have preferred some of the other guys that were, uh, that were out there, but you know, offense that having continuity on the offensive side of the ball, I think is going to be huge um, for as, however long as he's the coach. The, the reason, so if you would have asked me in December about Harbaugh, I would have been that, that, that lunatic. I would have been like, eh, I don't know. It doesn't feel right. But when he became interested, I think I, I got, excited about the instant relevance that he would bring. So an example is if Harbaugh, if the white smoke would have came out tonight, that Harbaugh was the guy you should have reasonably expected the Vikings to be in the postseason in 2022 and contend for a Super Bowl because he isn't coming back to foster some rebuilding program. He'd be coming back right. to win. But now with Kevin O'Connell, you really shouldn't. You should think, all right, this is going to be a growth thing. It's going to take a while. And I have patience for that. I do. I promise you. But I know a lot of fans don't. And they think they do. But when the losses start piling up, they're going to say, I don't know. We should have got Harbaugh. And I have to listen to that bullshit for a long time. Uh, but I'm okay with doing this however they want to do it. However Quazy does it with the, with the cousins, with rebuilding the defense. But I know verifiably if Harbaugh would have been the dude it would have been a built-to-win program come September. And I got excited about that because I didn't have to exercise patience. I He was coming here for one reason only, and that was to fill his bucket list up with a Super Bowl championship and then go do whatever it is he does, drink milk and not eat chicken or so his, to, his hangups. To to be fair, too, with that, like, so, yes, I agree. What With Harbaugh will be relevant every single year that he's here because that's what he is. So, again, my problem with Harbaugh, and this may be a lot of, like, the Vikings fan base as far as, like their disdain for Zimmer and Kirk and everything. 
Harbaugh's never won anything. Like he's never won a bowl game, even at the college level, like, even going back to his Stanford, like, or, you know, a significant bowl game, at least I'm not talking about the, the you know, the bowl games that the, the U of M squad get not Miami, but the Gopher squad gets invited to just, uh, you know, because he gets the six wins. So whether it was at Michigan and having all that talent, like obviously they got exposed in the, in the final four. Um, but even getting to that point, he was to me, he was never that guy that was able to turn the program into what they wanted it to be. So that was always my concern. While yes, we might be, you know, an 11, 12, 13 win every year team. I just never see him getting over the hump. Now, obviously he ran into Brian's Ravens squad. So who knows how that Super Bowl would have ended if it was some, if it wasn't a, a flaming hot Joe Flacco, but um, cause that team was really good for a long time. So um, with that defense, but um, I just, that was the the part of me that, again, with all the Vikings fans looking at the current setup as how it is, I don't see him as the guy that can get us over that hump. And for me, I'd rather start, take that step back with the younger guy or less experience to let them build and build their philosophies rather than having someone who may be set, like, again, very Zimmer-like set in their ways. Um, I don't want to, to have the team mold into the coach's um, personality. I want the coach to mold into the team's personality. And Harbaugh is 58. And if he would have taken the job, it would have been the exact same Andrew Zimmer was. And for a team that preached a new era of collaboration, fresh air, um, Harbaugh may not be as rude as Zimmer, but he's definitely as confrontational and uh, his way or the highway as Zimmer. So it's refreshing that they, they kept up with the culture that they're trying to cultivate that they are going young. I mean, for God's sake, you have a 40-year-old general manager and a 36-year-old head coach. This is unforeseen for us and for really anybody. Um, so this is a brave new world. And the, the next stepping stone is whether or not it will be the, the trifecta with, with a new quarterback. And the other um, thing is, too, Harbaugh, obviously, he's a brand name. Like, he's a well-respected brand name guy. Um, I don't think the Vikings are in need of, like, having that, like the, the whole face be rebranded. They're not the jets. They're not, you know, now the dolphins and kind of going through that. It's the Vikings are a well-respected organization and they're obviously the fan base. You look at road games, like they travel well, they're not, mm-hmm. I'm not going to disparage our own fan base, but steeply look at the Steelers fans. Like they travel everywhere. They go to like the, the terrible towels are always flying. Vikings fans are right there behind them as far as representation around the, around the league. Uh, so I, I don't think we need, to have that brand name of, Hey, we got Harbaugh. That's our guy. Um, I think we can afford to bring in someone and let them grow and not be like, Hey, biggest free agent out there. Let's go get him. And if he, if he works, he could be our coach for 15, 20 years. And this, this thing with uh, Harbaugh would have been a shelf life of probably four to seven, no matter what Sally, we cut you off. What were you going to say? I just wanted to clarify what I said um, Mm -hmm. earlier about um, who, who didn't accept offers or whatever, as far as the coaching goes, um, Courtney Cronin has now clarified that she thinks it was just pretty much a general disconnect. Um, Harbaugh kind of came into the interview today, assuming that it was already his job, um, uh, because of his connection with Quasi, And he kind of thought, saw it just as a, um, formality today. He, and the Vikings obviously saw it much differently. They still saw it as a full on interview. So, um, she's saying there's not necessarily any bad blood. It's just that they didn't align on the nature of what today was. And ultimately, it just didn't work out. Yeah, I just think about then who was faking the 10 hours worth of it. That's a long time if you're going into something that you didn't expect. 
just uh, right. That's what that's what I think too. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, totally. Uh, Ron, I'm wondering that as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There'll be like a you know. I mean, ten a- hours is crazy, especially when it's not your first meeting. Yeah, somebody um, will do an expose about all this all shook down. It'll be very interesting because I, I I have only been in Viking social media for about two years and a few months, and I've never seen anything like this. The momentum by this son of a thing came on. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron, we were just talking about Miami and Flores, and I know you wanted to pick Brian's brain a little bit. Here's your chance. Yeah, so obviously, like, and we're not, again, turning into believe in dolphins here, but just kind of league-wide, like obviously – um, it definitely does seem to, you know, to anyone who watches football, like Tomlin being the only black head coach in the league, obviously he has a, a certain levels of success, but at all the talking heads on ESPN and everything, all they keep saying it's, and it's what everyone knows that black coaches are, are quick to fire and, you know, slow to rehire type thing. And then you get other guys, Josh McDaniels, for example, like he, like, you know, is back with the Raiders, but he failed with Denver and all these type of things. There's all Adam Gase is a name that comes up, but Brian Flores, you know, they did what uh, Brian, I, don't, I, I want to pick your brain because I know you're friends with, you know, some of the owners over there and you go to a lot of dolphins game. I was a big Brian Flores fan, especially, I think it was last year or the year before where he was picking a fight, I think with the Titans players or there was someone because like they were, they're messing with his guys and he like was standing up, like had their back. So now I don't know if you've read much of what's going on, but there was a text message that was sent from Belichick to him. And I don't think it was with any animosity whatsoever, but he essentially Belichick thought he was texting Brian Dable. So he's congratulating him on getting the job. And Flores like, wait, do you, I interview with them tomorrow. Like, are, do, are you referring to Dable? So with that, it kind of came out the, like the, they knew who they were hiring and they were doing the token interview just to apply with the Rooney rule um, from your experience and what it can be, whether what was going on with Miami or just in general, is that something that's looked upon the league is like the, the black coaches know that, Hey, I'm a token interview, but like there are some guys who I might be able to get my foot in the door. And as long as I have that, I'm going to wow some people um, right there. Or like, or what are your thoughts from, from a player standpoint, as far as the, um, employing of you know african-american coaches um across the league um i feel like they should just have an equal shot um and, and you know to see if you know they can you know even do it like eric Bieniemy, i feel like he's been a candidate for so long but nobody's given him a shot yet um but it's he even the, interview this I with broncos. the broncos oh okay okay one broncos Okay, um, so I just feel like it just gives people an, an you know an equal chance to to prove themselves, and if they don't prove themselves, like then that's what it is. But um, just not having a chance, or just having it, giving somebody an interview just for the sake of saying we interviewed them, but you already knew you were not going to hire them, then that's kind of not fair. Right. Right. Yeah, you already decided. Right. Yeah, and that, and that's the problem. Say, well, we I, we interviewed them, but you already knew you were going to hire them. That's that's totally different. Because I get, you know, again, from, you know, my, the outside perspective and looking at it, obviously, um, you know, you look at all, like all these names, they are very qualified guys, whether it's Flores, whether it's Raheem Morris or, you know, Leftwich and like, uh, like all these type of names that are up there, but then it is like, why are none of them getting jobs or why when they do get jobs, they don't have the long leash. And then it's like, you know, like, um, Jim Caldwell in, in, uh, 
you know, from Indy to Detroit, like he hasn't had another shot and he was the most successful coach that Detroit had because he actually took him to the playoffs. Like yeah. he actually like did well there, but then you see guys like Adam Gase, who is a train wreck in Miami, goes to the jets and looks high as a kite during his press conference. Um, and you know, like, you know, Joe judge, like all these guys who, um, and I'm not saying that, that those candidates aren't quality guys as it is. I think that's the, the, put the disconnect where like, say if Harbaugh came here, I know there was like someone circulated, was it Michael Silver saying, Oh, they just spent nine hours with Patrick Graham. Like, was he the quote unquote token interview? Like when they have Harbaugh, like ready to come in, it's like, you know what, first of all, like, I think it's like any free agent, like if you have a guy that you identify as like, Hey, that's the guy who I think is going to be successful in this. Like, then I don't, don't think waste the, my time. Don't waste exactly. my hours. Right. And like, <laughs> so in a way, I think the, the Rooney rules kind of like counterproductive in that regard, because I, I, I like the fact that, Hey, if it's a wide open search, we're going to try to figure out who it is. Like us Vikings fans would have no idea who Patrick Graham is if it weren't for his interview. But from what I'm hearing in his uh, relationship with Quasi, I'm actually liking him as like to get the defensive coordinator job. Now, maybe not necessarily a head coach, um, you know, at this time, but like you hear about these names and I think it does get a lot of people excited to be like, Hey, I like him for this particular role or, you know, this would be good. Let him kind of go that way. Um, but again, regardless of who it may be, it's just, um, it, do you have anything to share on the Miami side, like with your relationships with, um, either people or personnel in that or within that organization or, um, is that. I honestly haven't spoken to any personnel about the situation really a lot of fans, um, have really spoken to me about it. And, and the fans, when he got fired, uh, the fans were very displeased. Um, you know, he went on like a seven-game winning streak. And then at that, they beat the Patriots um, the last game at home. And yep. so to see somebody get fired the next day, like after a win, it was weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like that's well, why, because he was winning too much. <laughs> that's what I said. What do you make of that story that – yeah, he they wanted to tank. Do you believe is that? Yeah, and that's crazy to offer a hundred k for every time you lose. Um, because now as a player, it's like, well, I don't know if I'm going to go to this organization because like you're, you know, busting your tail to to play hard and train and all that for an owner who is okay with you losing. Like, and I understand who wants for, you to. Yeah, they want uh, you to yeah, lose. Yeah, right. And I understand that. Um, you know he thinks he's doing it to get a better draft pick. But at the end of the day, I'm working way too hard for us to be blowing games. And it's also like, yeah, they were good. They were in the playoffs. So yeah, I don't get it. Also like in my, like, again, I've played very low level athletics, but in my time, like when you start to dog it, like that's when injuries happen. It doesn't matter who you are. Like if you're, if you're not playing, like, you know, you don't need to give it that Kevin Garnett effort every single time. But if you're not playing with the intent of actually playing competing, people get hurt that way. And like, you know, RG three was on ESPN today talking about the Browns and the, like, um, you know, um, Hugh Jackson had the same thing and there were veteran players that got cut from that. So like I, it, it kind of sends a, uh, a downward spiral for the NFL, like on ownership groups like that, if that's, if they truly, but I don't know what you can do because if I own a team, like I should be able to run it how I want, what, but what, what's going on right now. Um, with coaches, it's, it is, um, how can I say it? Unspoken systemic prejudice because you have 73% of football players are African-American and 3% right now are head coaches. So the problem is 
the African-Americans, the, the players are, are used as a source of entertainment and the blanket is, well, they get paid a bunch of money. So who cares? Well, you know, the representation matters a lot. And when it boils down to brass tacks and coaching searches like this, maybe not the Vikings, but uh, the trend is that most of these owners who are rich white men would rather trust their enterprise with a white person. And that's, it's just happening across the board. And the Rooney rule is very righteous because when he came up with it, it was like, we got to do something and this is going to put us in the right direction. But instead, as Brian talked about, it's, it's used as just uh, like, well, let's get this out of the way or like with the Broncos allegedly showing up hungover. So there is no solution because right now people just happen to still be racist pricks and they tend to, you know, invest their money and time in people that look more, more like them. And it's, it's pitiful and it's atrocious. And I don't know how to solve it right now, but the problem is glaring, especially when you try to uplift it. So when, when our next segue here, when Quasey was hired by the Vikings, um, a man of color, and he's a new general manager, I, I made a point to, to point that out. And then I got a backlash. What does the skin color matter? And I was like, well, yeah, in a vacuum, it doesn't. But when you have a nation with such an atrocious track record of race relations, um, I'm going to go out of my way to say, out of the sake of representation, that yes, the, the boss man that we hired is a person of color. And I, I just want to point it out to show that for the youngsters out there, that shit's possible. And uh, in, until we have most more stories like that, it's going to continue to be this boys club because at the top, most of the owners are rich white people. Mm-hmm. Um, on, well, on, just to prove mm-hmm. the point that he that their owner thought that he could manipulate Flores with $100,000 per game, he's thinking that that $100,000 per game is more important to him than his reputation going forward because you're not going to get all the players in the locker room to agree to tank. Right. So then it comes down to you're making bad decisions, whether that's with the roster, whether that's time management timeouts, how you, how you're calling the plays and stuff, who you hire as a coordinator. So rich white people obviously think that they can manipulate someone like this of color into ruining their entire reputation and not getting another job possibly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you, yeah, if Flores goes 0-16 and they get, they end up with the number one pick and draft Joe Burrow, he might not be the coach there. Like, no. it's, because then Steven Ross can be like, hey, you know, I told you, uh, give you, here's 16 or, or $1.6 million for every loss, but <laughs> see ya. Like, and then now where's he going for his next job? So yeah, it's, it's totally a, a slap in the face to, for an owner to even suggest that and think that one that it's okay. Um, like it's one thing it's like, Hey, you're hurt. Like we're going to play the backup now. Like we'll play the backup quarterback. Cause the starting quarterback might not be a hundred percent, but don't tell the coach to not do his job. Yeah. There'll be repercussions. If they can prove that there'll be repercussions because that's just like Pete Rose. Yeah. Back. Same thing. We're just not ready to say it out loud <clears throat> yet. All right. Let's talk about Quasi's uh, first week. Um, we didn't get to hear any of your thoughts, Sally, last week. Um, since then we had a press conference and some cool video montages and evidently a coach search that found us a young offensive minded head coach. So Sally, what'd you think of the initial first impressions of Quasi Adolfo Mensa? Well, I mean, I thought it was a fun week. It's been uh, nice to get to know him a little bit. I think he has a great smile. That's very contagious. And as I said, I don't think I'm going to, it's not going to be easy for me to get mad at him if he ever messes up with that going for him. So that's good. Um, Obviously, I think not only him, but the Wilfs um, with what's happened this week with the interviews and, and all of that, it is a good sign that they are sticking to what they said and that they are going to make sure that they thoroughly 
um, interview that they find the best candidate for this job, not only um, when it comes to football, when, when it comes to culture. So obviously we don't know how much right now Quasi is leading the ship on that. I'm sure he has a little bit of assistance as far as, you know, guidance and stuff. But I mean, I've thought it was a great week and I'm excited to see what he does from here. Ron, rate, uh, you don't have to grade it or rank it, but tell me more about your first impressions after we talked last week. What I am about to say might shock you, but the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field. He's a goat when it comes to investing as well. He invests in stocks, crypto, and even art. Now you can invest like the goat with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing investment in art icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. Our prices actually outpace the S&P 500 by 164% from 1992 to 2021. In fact, early investors already received their over 30% IRR in 2020 and uh, 2021 from the sale of two paintings. This is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like the GOAT. Plus, you get priority access with our game day promo. Go to Masterworks dot art slash believe b-l-e-a-v that's masterworks dot art slash b-l-e-a-v see important disclosures of masterworks and the um on the site there but yes head to masterworks and get in on all that investment i mean excuse me yeah sally's point like there's as excited as i was when we hired him just kind of knowing his background and being that um, that business mind who like obviously knows and understands football and works his way that way, um, man. Hearing him talk and like I'm not com- not saying anything bad about Ryan Poles, uh, but like seeing the discrepancy of the two of them and how they talk and answer questions, and maybe that's from the ownership because I know like with the Bears, it was both the coach and the GM were reading off of cards and whatnot. <laughs> um, but it was just a genuine press conference. Like the like you hear him answering questions, hear him talk about you know his mother and his late father and kind of bring like what he learned from them, um, you know, which obviously um, being, you know, from, you know, an immigrant family like that, like there's <clears throat> stories there that, you know, like that I'm, I'd be familiar with as well as anyone else who um, is a kind of a first generation, um, you know, American. So, um, but there just the genuineness of his feel, like you could tell he was very smart. He knew um, he's, thought through answers in a short amount of time, obviously, because when you're being peppered with questions, um, you know, and I love how when he was asked about analytics, he was like, I didn't know what analytics was. Like he's been turned this analytics guy, but that's just the outside world doing that for it. It's well, you're a smart guy. Like you you use numbers and I love the way he explained it. It's like, just, you have all this information watching film is information. Now, you know, using 40 times and bench press numbers, that's information. You got to find a way to apply it to winning football games and to him that's analytics so i absolutely love that answer because it's not just yeah like like you know what adam uh, and jake were talking about last week where it's like you know the the baseball analytics is completely different because mm-hmm. you know you can calculate you know you know batting it or whatever speed of the exit velocity that's what it is um there isn't really stuff like that for football but you use all the information at your hands. And if you have someone who can understand everything about that, whether it is 
um, film versus graded numbers and find a way to put that together. Um, I think you're setting yourself up for success at the top level. Um, so yeah, I have nothing but glowing reviews, um, of the man so far and I'm happy for him. And, um, I'm ha- I think the Vikings are in a, a good, um, good point right now. You know what my, uh, my ignorant brain almost did Ron is I, when I was looking, looking up his bio and stuff to write about him for Vikings territory his, I believe his mom and his family's from Ghana. And yep. for about 10 seconds, I was like, wait a second. That's where, that's where <laughs> Ron's home homeland is. And I was like, no, no, I'm not going to fall into that trap. <laughs> Ron, where are you from? I don't know. Uh, my family's from family? Guyana, Guyana, South Guyana. America. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So Ghana is in, Ghana is in Africa and uh, yeah. Guyana. And I, stupid speaking of stupid white dudes i was like wait wait oh no no it's not yeah so <laughs> guyana's north of brazil and east of venezuela so bryant if okay. you like i remember you had an artist on your record label yeah named yeah. guyana yeah yeah yep. so yeah so i i, I, cool. I always remember that so <laughs> I, I think yeah. with uh half half the listeners will like this and half the listeners will not i think that quasi has 2007 2008 barack obama energy the way that he has inspired yeah. hope and it's a big smile it's almost mm-hmm. similar stature like the same like build uh <laughs> and it just seems like a new hope and you're turning the page on what many considered stale and now it's it's new and it, it's going to even increase more with o'connell uh because if you look around the landscape for better or for worse the the dudes that were in the conference championships for head coaches were offensive guys and three of them were quite frankly in the mold of o'connell where they were young and doing innovative stuff so the vikings are going to try out that trend after they have notoriously bucked it mm-hmm. with zimmer and before that frazier was defense and then uh you know just the childress era of i guess <laughs> I don't even like he didn't really have like a definition of what he was. I mean, I guess it was offense, but yeah. from the very beginning, it was evident that the offense wasn't creative. It just turned into the Adrian Peterson show. And well, then- I saw many, I saw quite a few people saying, comparing um, him to Brad Childress. Who's that? O'Connell. O'Connell. <laughs> but I think what they're, where they're drawing the comparison is that they're both very boring like in their communication style is what I'm getting um, because it's Drew Maggery from, well, now he's with a different site, but he, he's the guy that does the wired team sucks series. Um, it's I, his I'm used to be on Deadspin. Yes. Or... Deadspin, I'm, I'm forget, forgetting what his new venture is, but, um, remember what it is. but yeah, a lot of people are saying he's just like Brad Childress. And I'm like, Oh God, no one is like him. Like just one no thing toast. I will say, it, like, yes, I, a lot of people are saying he's very, very boring. You're not going to get say, any Thomason sound bites from him. <laughs> so I, I will say, like again, like my, like I'm not saying I don't like him, but I just don't know anything about him um, other than him being that second in command type thing. Um, but what I do like about it is he was a quarterback. You know, he played at San Diego State. He was drafted into the NFL. So like, I mean, he's he at least knows that side of things from a player. Like, I don't know what his NFL career was like, but I'm not saying he's going to be like Cliff Kingsbury and have that kind of, um, you know, track record as far as, um, you know, what he can do offensively. But um, it's nice knowing that a guy was able to, you know, being a third round draft pick in the NFL, like that's not, you know, that's no slouch at all. If you spend your career as a backup quarterback, but um, so I do like that. He's uh, he should be well-rounded with the experience a lot with a lot of brilliant minds um, or at least, you know, what appear to be brilliant offensive minds. So at the very least he has uh, he has the background. 
Well, Chris Thomason has let us know all about his career in the NFL. He has completed 66.9% of his passes, which is right next to Kirk, who has completed 66.7%. But O'Connell was four for six in his only NFL game for the Patriots in 2008. Oh, so so he he got into a game... uh, Behind Brady, or would that have yeah. been Castle? That was the year Brady was hurt. Oh, Castle, so. my king! I should have known. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't know <laughs> if it was. It must have been a drive. Yep. Uh, hey, hey, Brian. I love Thomas. Yeah. Hey, Bryant. Before uh, I forget, so conference championship weekend. How stunned were you by the Chiefs' meltdown in the second half? The Chiefs were up like twenty-one-three <laughs> or something like that, and. I was real stunned, like, because I was, I was out somewhere doing something, and then when I was able to tune in, it was tied. So, yeah, yeah I was definitely caught off guard, and I don't think anybody would have predicted the Bengals to make it this no. far. Uh, in the beginning of the show, when I record the first part of it, I said outside of a few Bengals homers, like, nobody would have said Cincinnati, Los Angeles for the Super Bowl. It was right. It was so so the Chiefs used to do this. One of these dirty little secrets that has been erased by the Mahomes version of the Chiefs is that they used to be a lot like the Vikings. Uh, I know this because my uncle is an absolute Chiefs dieharder, and we used to be able to share heartbreak stories and misery at this time of year because sometimes our teams would get bounced in a fashion that you couldn't even script in a screenplay. So when this happened, it was like a flashback to the Chiefs before Mahomes because they squandered notorious leads to the Colts, and that was it was stunning. And I don't I don't know what's next for them because they that this was their last chance to win with Mahomes on his rookie contract. Now the juice kicks in that that forty five something per season. Now they have to win like the rest of them, like the Vikings with Kirk. You have to build the cap around him, and I I'll, I'm sure they'll be fine. But they really had a golden opportunity with Boy Wonder, who was cheap for five years to do the thing and they did it once out of which in retrospect seems crazy that Mahomes has only won a Super Bowl once out of four tries, but that's where we are. Who do you like in the Super Bowl? Be Mackett in case we don't talk about it next week. I mean, every time I pick the opposite of the Bengals, they, <laughs> the Bengals <win>. right? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I am going to say the Rams. I do like their defense. Um, I see uh, Aaron Donald really wants to get to a ring. Uh, Odell Beckham. I mean, it would it'd be a great story for him as well. Um, to me, I feel like the Rams, Matt Stafford, I don't know. I feel like a lot of those guys, I look at it and feel like they deserve it. Mm-hmm. The um, Bengals are a young team. You know, Joe, he's young. The receivers are young. So I feel like they'll definitely be in the mix a lot more, um, you know, lately. So I, I, would, I, would, I would pick the Rams. Yeah, I'm with you. I haven't made a formal score prediction yet because – uh, I, I know what I'm going to do. I predict that the Rams are going to beat the pants off of them. And that's because they are constructed by mortgaging the future of their, their draft picks. They're, they're constructed up front in the trenches to dominate anybody. And they just so happen to be going against a Bengals offensive line that is in the bottom five in the NFL. So I think they're going to have to pay the piper and luck's going to run out because a lot of the reason the Bengals are here are because of crazy things that would have happened to the Vikings and um, it doesn't diminish their run at all, but they've had a nice little stretch to get here with a lot of bounces of the ball. And I think that the Rams and the strategy of trading every first round pick since 2017, yeah, 16 on. Yep. And they don't have another one until 2024. It's either going to be something that folks try to replicate every now and then, or it's going to be, a one-time tradition where it works and then they're going to have to really 
have some comeuppance without any like minor league system, so to speak, because they don't have draft picks and that can't be sustainable. Um, but I do cap space either. Yeah. That's another thing. Um, <laughs> and they're going to have to pay staff, but if Stafford wins this, Oh, he's going to get, he's going to get a Kirk deal. And um, even, even more than that as the caps continues to go up. So Sally, who do you like in the Super Bowl? I'm with you. I mean, every single thing you said, um, obviously the defensive line I think it's just going to eat Joe Burrow alive. Unfortunately, I love Cincinnati Um, going there earlier this year. It was so fun. The fans, I couldn't be more happy for the fans there. Like obviously they have been through um, some really tough times and they absolutely deserve it. But I think um, just like you said, I mean, this is a super team. I think we very rarely see things like this work out. I, it didn't look like it was going to work out mid season at all. Um, And yeah, I, as much as I love watching the Bengals, I agree with Brian that there's a lot of guys on this team that I would really love to see get a ring after um, all the hard work that they've put in over the years. And that definitely goes for Matt Stafford as well. So you, you're so I, I'm going to pick the Rams. Yes, you pick them to win, but you, yes. you you kind of have your rooting interest with the Bengals a little bit. I mean, I would be happy either way, but I agree okay. with Bryant that I think the Bengals are just getting started and they're going to be in the mix for years mm. to come. And they could very well get back there next year or the year after that, especially if they fix that offensive line. And with, you know, the Steelers are going to be kind of in rebuild. The Browns are a mess at, the, at quarterback right now. Um, and then, so yeah, I, I see them being relevant for a long time. And I, Joe Burrow obviously can, do anything so yeah it's cool that suddenly they're the powerhouse in that division mm-hmm. i mean because yep. uh, nobody will admit it but lamar jackson had a down year statistically and then the injury for the last month and a half Steelers are probably going to be relevant once they figure out the quarterback and then it kind of depends on the version of the browns that bounces back but so long as burrow is in charge he's proven that he can drag a shitty offensive line to the super bowl yep. and thankfully the defense kind of came up pretty darn staunch in the last month and a half but yeah, it's it's remarkable and it's good for them. It gives us hope that you know these Super Bowlist teams have a puncher's chance every now and then. Well, and, and how crazy we all sat here and made fun of Zach Taylor at the beginning of the year. We said, you know, that the Bengals are going to maybe win four games. I was more high on them than you guys, but we mm-hmm. thought that they were absolute trash when the Vikings <laughs> lost to them in week one. We thought they were terrible for probably the first two months. And mm-hmm. um now look at Zach Taylor, he's like a hero. Everyone wants to like hire his assistants. So um, it's just crazy how much can change in just a few months on how you see things as a whole. Yeah. And I'll go ahead and I'll eat my crow now. Cause I, uh, I did say that year one burrow before injury, like I wasn't sold on him. So um, I will take that back. I, I think <laughs> the dude, um, if any, if nothing else, he's got the moxie, he's got the swag, like he's going to, He's going to have his guys fighting for him, um, you know, throughout the way. And then the, to see like the stuff he says about the kicker, um, Evan McPherson and how like, he's like, yep, we're going to the AFC championship game that, for a kicker to have that kind of swag and confidence. Like I, they're, they're a team that's, uh, that's fun to root for, you know, minus Joe Mixon in the backfield, but, uh, the rest of the team, uh, <laughs> I could be pretty happy for So. And you predict the Rams to win or you haven't decided yet? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, I would like to see the Bengals win, but I think the Rams will win and I'll put money on the Rams. So that'll change yeah. my rooting interest real quick. <laughs> real quick yeah. On the, the way that this is shaken out, uh, I identified it in my brain on Sunday night that both teams that have reached this championship have something at quarterback that the Vikings could seek. Or effectuate and that number one overall pick. (laughs) It's a a guy that offers the promise 
that we really haven't had since Culpepper. So a rookie of our own to groom and to take us to the Super Bowl, just like Joe Burrow. We could do that. We can we can trade Cousins this offseason and package some picks and be right there for Pickett or Corral or one of those guys, Malik Willis. Um, or you can take the Rams approach, which is build everything around Stafford, like the Lions couldn't do, and bada bing, you're in the Super Bowl. So it's really like a, a litmus test on what Quasi can choose to do. And it'll be live and in motion before the entire globe. So do we have any, like, I know Sally, you wanted to, you wanted fresh eyes on Kirk cousins. You're going to get it. You already got it. It's already being evaluated mm-hmm. and you're going to have a coach that worked with him for a year. And I don't know if they're pals or if they're just coworkers. And then you, you have the possibility of either trading cousins or extending him like we did in 2020 with a new look. Are you mm-hmm. still wait and see, or are you, you leaning towards a direction? I'm always wait and see. Um, I think that the fact that they have, um, or if they really do have O'Connell, I'm still not all the way sure if I believe it because I'm a little gun shy now to believe anything. Yeah. But um, if that does turn out to be the case, I think that the fact that he did work with Kirk Cousins, what what year was that? His last year there, correct? Mm-hmm. So 2017. 17. Um, he did work with him for a year. Of course, that's not an extensive period of time. But I would think that in those interviews, they're going to take his opinion of Kirk Cousins very highly. So um, I guess that could go either way. But in my mind, that would lean towards they want to stick with Cousins. Um, but then, Dustin, I didn't really think about this until you brought it up earlier earlier that if they are going young coach it is maybe more possible that they will go more that let's kind of build on this over the next couple years so I really could still see it going either way if it was Harbaugh I would feel the exact opposite but um yeah I, I don't know I think that with I think Quasi already knows what the plan is and just have to wait before you can wheel and deal. I don't think that he's up at night thinking, should I, or shouldn't I, I think he's either looked at the analytics that I guess he just learned what those were um, or, or he came into this and said, yeah, we're going to have a new day and a new, a new coach. And it's just a coincidence that the guy they hired quarterback in 27, but I I firmly believe that Adolfo Menso knows what he's going to do. We just have to wait. I don't think the Wolves would have hired him if he didn't have a clear plan yeah. of what he was yeah. going to Amen do. Amen to that. Ron, which, if you had to predict now that we know O'Connell, we know Adolfo Minso, we did not know either one of these three weeks ago. Do you predict Cousins stays around for at least another year? Or do you think that they actually give him the hook? Um, so I do think that, uh, I think a couple of things with O'Connell, I think that cements that Kirk is going to be extended and at least kept around for whether it's two years three years. I don't know, but I think there's going to be extend him because of the familiarity there. Um, and then find someone along the way to be, to be that guy that could take over, um, and kind of groom that. But I think the the reason why I believe is, um, again, the, the relationship he has with Kirk from Washington, uh, but also what we've, what we're witnessing with the Rams. I think O'Connell looks at it as look, we like, I don't know how long he was there with Goff, but Look, Goff was the, the number one overall pick. Didn't work out. Like we we have to go and give up picks to get someone who's at least established. Again, much in the realm of Cousins, who we just need to put pieces around. <clears throat> and I see him looking at it. Hey, this is what we did with a veteran quarterback and a dynamic receiving core. Um, and obviously, like they have you know elite talent on defense with Ramsey and Donald in particular. Um, but 
I see them translating that here. Like, look, we're not going to have a knee jerk reaction and we're not going to, I don't see him doing a bridge quarterback. It's either a young guy or a veteran, but I see him getting the veteran and then finding a young guy, whether it's this year, which it doesn't look like there's all that promise for this year um, or next year using that, that um, package of, Hey, we're picking in the twenties, hopefully, or, you know, hopefully 32, Uh, but, uh, we're going to identify the guy that we want and we're going to trade up, get into that top 10, you know, trade our future first and identify the guy that way. And then go the Alex Smith into um, Patrick Mahomes way. I mean, yeah, didn't you guys, were you guys made aware that all we need to do is find our Patrick Mahomes. Like that's apparently all that we need to do it in order to, in order to be successful. Like who would have thought it? Yeah. It's, it's just waiting for you. No, when you say it like that, I mean, just talking it through almost <clears throat> like we're a jury here, they're, they're picking a guy from the team that just surrounded Matt Stafford, who was a habitual not winner. So the guy who was a part of that development Super Bowl quest is coming over to the Vikings. By the way, the guy also coached or the current quarterback. And it it seems like I don't, I don't think ownership is enamored with cousins, but it almost seems like they're picking O'Connell based on those pieces of evidence to continue on with cousins, because those are two, they kind of tip it in the direction. It also like, you know, leads me to believe like why they uh, like made the decision, like, Hey, we're going with an offensive guy. Um, because like we've talked about in the past, like we've had so much turnover with offense, um, and Kirk, especially like what he's had more offensive coordinators than he's had years here, just because of the John DeFilippo, DeFilippo year, like he, he added into that. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I think it, it's easier, uh, as, as difficult as it is to lose an offensive coordinator because they just outgrow their waters. Um, I think it's easier to replace a defensive coordinator and bring in someone to be able to put a defense together in an effective manner. Um, now that's not, um, looking negative at the defensive side of the ball and defensive coaches, but I think you can always find different guys who are say linebacker coach or secondary coaches and have them elevate up. It's a lot easier to do that than it is taking, you know, wide receivers coach, making them an offensive coordinator and continuing to do that with sustained success. So I think that's why they went on the offensive side of the ball. Look, we're going to have the one guy oversee everything. Um, for the, as long as he's here and get coordinators in um, on the other side of the ball to, to um, alleviate that, that um, part of the lifting. And, and plus the, the trend, and we're in on it now, the ground zero is hiring offensive coaches from staffs that have prolific offenses. And we got busted by that with Shermer and Stefanski. And in theory, they can go take them every year if they want, because now we have O'Connell who should be the one-stop shop for the offense. So if they want to pluck all of his underlings, go for it. You know, we've already done that. Now um, we won't be able to rest on the laurels of our defensive guru who wasn't very defensive in the last two seasons, but we're, we're in on the, the man in charge is calling the offense in an offense is King league. So for however many years, hopefully it's 25, uh, we, we should be set with an offensive play caller. And it's something we haven't experienced since McKinney played on the team as wild as that sounds. And I'm all for him going out there and I want to see what he does in developing his own staff. Um, like one name that I absolutely, no matter, I don't know if he has a relationship with him, but Munchak who is um, let go. Um, that's a guy that I would be calling first right away. Like offensive line coach. He was a head coach. Um, was it Tennessee? I believe like I want you're on, you're on mute. Dust. He was the one that got fired after winning a playoff game. 
Yeah, but like mm-hmm. I want someone who's a proven O line coach. You know, unless we're getting Mike Tice back through these doors, um, you know, I want someone that's going to be because we have we spent the draft capital in these in this offensive line, and we have I would say three guys at least, or you know, three guys for sure that are building blocks. But I'd like to see um, at, or you know someone be able to tap into Garrett Bradbury and then see what we have in Wyatt Davis. But get these five homegrown guys a veteran um you know what sperano would have been had he been alive and um just let him teach these guys um and work with them so we'll see what he does when he rounds up the staff but i mean again if, if he if he knocks it out of the park there and you know say we lose another mike tomlin down the road and it becomes mm-hmm. a children's situation then uh I'll look back at this, but I'm hoping for success. And again, and again, because we went through seven year, eight years of the defensive quarter being coordinator being totally moot, we should have that with the offensive coordinators. Who gives a damn who he hires there? You know, because yep. he's he's that. Now our, our emphasis should be on defensive coordinator because it's just like I never still to this day don't understand what the defensive coordinator did for the Minnesota Vikings under Mike Zimmer. Like what on like there was he, two, the co. <laughs> that was the best part. There's two defensive yeah. coordinators. Think about as much as we know about Zimmer's control, like uh, personality, th- that person each year had to be the most worthless. Like, like what would like just would he hand them the playbook and be like, here you go. Like, like there, there's nothing that that person could have told Mike Zimmer about defense that would have changed his mind. And so now if everything we're saying about O'Connell is correct, a he's hired and B he's an offensive mind. Don't have to worry about it. He can go hire some, you know, kid who does groceries, Sacks groceries. He should be running the thing. Bryant, if if a well, uh, Kubiak Jr. got a job today, so it won't be him. <laughs> yep, he goes back to the nepotism tree in Denver. The 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 hungover Denver Broncos. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, Bryant. So when we talk about this, like the the guy that the Vikings are hiring as the head coach was the quarterbacks coach for Kirk Cousins for a single season. Does that shit matter? And from your experience, or is that just stuff that's coincidental? I think that's probably coincidental as one season. So yeah, probably coincidental. I don't really see uh, nothing too much in today. Okay. Uh, and then the last thing that I well, actually know, Sally, what's your segment? I really don't have anything. You don't this have is, one. This is great. No, this is a great <laughs> t- conversation. Um, do we think? <laughs> do we think that slowly Kellen Mon will exit the doghouse and be a viable QB two, a guy who can you know push? push Kirk or do we think that he'll just be one of those dudes on the ash heap of development history, Ron? You know, I think if he's given the opportunity to at least, you know, even if it's just the quarterback too, and I'm not saying give him the opportunity to start, but give him an opportunity to be closer to um, closer to the practices so that he can learn and understand like what's going on with football. Um, because that, that was the biggest thing with him coming in. He had raw tools that he needed uh, to, to be a project for. So for anyone to think that he's anything more than a project at this point, like they're mistaken you. And that has nothing to do with what we saw in the one drive in green Bay. It's, <laughs> it's throughout the season. Like clearly you like at some point you have to take someone based on their potential, like, and the third round's perfectly fine to do that. Like if you miss, yes, it's a high, it's a high enough draft pick where you can get a starter or can get an impact player, but it's also, you're getting someone who, you know, is one of the top five quarterbacks in the class and, you know, at least graded wise. So um, I think with time, he's still only 22. Now I'm not declaring that he's going to be, you know, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson of the future, but 
if he has opportunity to grow, anyone in the right circumstance can blossom. Um, but I'm not willing to write him off as of yet. So it's, it all depends on what opportunity he's given. Now, with that said, I am all about, if you see someone that you think is better. Um, I know Paul Charkian said it for years on PA that, you know, if you don't have a true quarterback, draft one every year, like doesn't matter what round, find one, draft one, let them compete. If you need to have two, you know, rookies or second year guys on your team, why not? Because if the top guy goes down, Kirk is obviously durable and he is, I don't think anyone's that's how arguing we found, that. That's how the world found Kirk because they drafted right. two in the same draft. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So why, why not? Um, like just until you have that, until you have your Mahomes or your Tom Brady, keep drafting, throw darts at it, see what happens. Sally Mond and Wyatt Davis, will they peek out of the doghouse in the summer? Um, I don't think it's fair for us to jump to any conclusions about either one of those guys. I think is I mean, we just don't know. We haven't seen anything from them. I think, I mean, obviously Wyatt Davis is a mystery, but as far as Kellen goes, um, I think it's pretty safe to say that he didn't get much of a fair shake this year, um, obviously with playing time, but also with development. I mean, who was helping him out? I mean, it was obvious that Zimmer had a lot of animosity towards him from the get-go because, Yes, Ron's right. He was a third round pick, but there was no second round pick. So Mm -hmm. I feel like when you think of it that way, it is, I mean, it's not a wasted pick, but the pick has more weight at that point. So obviously Rick and Zimmer weren't on the same page there. And I think he wasn't necessarily treated completely fairly because of that. And then, I mean, who was, what was Clint Kubiak working with him? Who was working with him? So I think it is... Yeah, but like, you know, if the head coach is telling you that he's crap and don't waste your time with him, how much time was he getting? The COVID positive in the offseason also didn't help his case because Zimmer didn't get over that either. Yeah. But um, but I think that now he's going to get a much more of a he's going to get a fair shake now. So we'll know sooner than later if he does have what it takes because he is going to get the individual attention that he needs and he's probably going to get a lot more help from his teammates as well so we'll, yeah. we'll know real right. quick um brian were you in miami in 2000 no you were in baltimore 2013 you're in miami right mm-hmm. okay and i was just looking at kevin o'connell he was on uh the dolphins in 2011 oh, or oh, practice squad maybe so just missed them. Hey, uh, hey, Bryant. So I was going to bring this up on air that next week, if you want to bring one of your, if, if you're able to bring one of your guests or friends on the show, it really wouldn't matter if they had ties to the Vikings. I, I keep asking you wild stuff like the rock or Rick Spielman, <laughs> but, but next week is the week because it's the Super Bowl show that we could get away with having nothing to do with the Vikings. If you wanted to find one of your highest profile friends that want to talk okay. to us. So be thinking about that. I'll message you this week. It wouldn't have to be anything Vikings related at all. It could be Serena. It could be whoever your whoever your favorite pal is because we can talk oh, about okay. people. So, yeah, t- trick daddy. Like we can talk music. <laughs> you know, <it's> a- <laughs> I'm still pounding the table for the Rock, but I don't know if yeah. you actually even know him. The Miami connection. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all we got for Believe in Vikings at this time next week. We should know a little bit more about how the Harbaugh stuff shook down, if it even matters at that point. Uh, But we'll be back in one week and Skull Vikings. Skull. Skull Vikes. Have a good one, guys. Later. When you're walking out on the street And the wind catches your feet Sends you flying
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.